Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today y Manana. I'm Alex. This is Michael. We're very excited to have you joining us this morning on a, on a pretty hot morning, pretty a little hot. hazy. Hazy, yeah. Hot you can smell a little bit of smoke, I yeah, think. Yeah, a hot and hazy morning. I think it's back yes. uh, temporarily, so always keeping our, uh, our prayers for the people who are actually dealing with the wildfires. Yes. We only get the uh, peripheral damage. Mm-hmm. And just be careful that. regardless, because you know you can smell the smoke. That means it must be affecting the lungs. Oh, yeah. Somehow. Yeah, you don't want to be... Today's yes. not the day to go and do big exercise outdoors. Yeah, yeah, not recommended. Yeah. Keep it keep it limited. Go in, in and out if exactly. you can. You know, I mean, it's actually a great day to grab your trafiton leche, sit, sit down, inside, inside, and watch some today manana, mm-hmm. as we typically recommend. So you always would, find a way to skewer it into. That. Uh, there's always. I mean, is yeah. there ever not a day where it's a good day to grab a trafiton leche and listen to today manana? Exactly. I mean, there's really not a bad day on mm. which to do that. So. That's true. That's, that's my philosophy. So we have a great show lined up for everyone this morning. We're going to be joined very shortly in the show by Avin Dodu. She is owner and baker at Sub Rosa Bakery. And then later in the show by Sydney Chacalos, the owner of Marathon Marketing and Branding. And last but certainly not least, Sydney Turber, the owner of Sydney Turber Films, wow. is going to be joining us. So three, three awesome entrepreneurs are going to be joining us, small business owners. And uh, I'm just extremely looking forward to it yeah. a lot. Should be oh, fun. It's going to be a fun show. A fun shout show. out. Thank you already. Ricardo Cruz Duran for watching the show this morning. Gracias, amigo. Always love our, uh, our followers that just you know, like to share their thoughts and always send great comments yes. and, and ideas. Of course, love being here on the I Love Seville Network set with Judah. With Tower behind the camera making you and me look, look good. good. You know, our guests always look good, so they don't need his help. Yes. You and I, yeah, he's probably doing some Photoshop. Yeah, with me, live, like live exactly. Photoshop. He said, oh, exactly. "I gotta fix Alex yeah. up a little bit." Zoom out, more. maybe we'll zoom out on them. Yeah, a the zoom more. out is, is a key thing there. <laughs> and of course, really a big shout out, thank you to our presenter, Emergent Financial Services, and our great partners at Castle Hill Cider, Matias Sion Realty, Charlottesville Opera Credit, Serious Insurance, and Forward Adelante. Uh, speaking of Charlottesville Opera, I had a chance. Um, yes, I, took I was the about wife. to say, you had a fun weekend. I took the wife to um, Dyes and Dolls what a this good past husband. weekend. What a good husband. You know, oh, she loved it. She, she, I, was, I, I already kind of knew it was going to be good because, you know, you, she got super excited by watching the interview on Thursday mm. with Nick and myself. She's like, ah. she calls me afterwards. She's like, I think we should really go. I mean, this is going to be good. I was already had, planning had she, on Had my, she seen the film with uh, Frank Sinatra and Marlon Way Brando? back, but she, let's put it this way, she fell asleep when I showed her the film. She did not fall asleep uh, okay. at the, uh, at the uh, opera because it was so much fun. I mean, they were so good. The musicians, the, the, the singers were amazing. It was nice to hear the songs. Like Sometimes in the old movie, like we've talked about it before, some of the actors, particularly Marlon Brando, can't actually sing. So he kind of just talks his way through the songs. I don't think he could dance much either. He didn't dance much. I don't think he did dance. I think yeah. he kind of just walked around the set. Uh, and, but this time, I mean, great singers. They brought in like the singer who plays Nathan Detroit. Like he's from the Met. He sang at the Met before. So you wow. Like great singers, Broadway, um, Broadway quality, great dancers. They brought in. So it was just super fun. Live orchestra, which was so nice. It was just a blast. So, and who conducted the orchestra? Um, so Brian Damaris was the conductor uh, okay. uh, for this. Which he he came in to to conduct this. So he he did a great job. It was fun. It was lighthearted. The set was great. Everyone seemed to be having a great time. So it was, was amazing. And uh, uh, hopefully everyone took our advice on Thursday if you were watching Jay Manana and went. But if you didn't, you still have the opportunity. There's Tosca. Yes. It's coming up on July 14th and 16th. 
So that is a little more, if you like your drama and your romance, Tosta is the way to go. So they're going to be uh, playing uh, Tosta at the Paramount again, 14th and 16th of July. And then July 1st is the festival at the yes, par- at this, Team Pavilion. This Saturday. This Saturday. So it's going to have some music, some da- some games, some fun things for the little ones to do, so you can bring the whole family. And it's just more like a family-friendly, fun, outdoor mm-hmm. Team Pavilion event. Um, and it's free, so you don't have to pay a dime. Wow. You just go in and enjoy a great time with Charlottesville Operator to meet some of the some of the people involved and the musicians and the emerging artists. So it's going to be a great, fantastic uh, festival. Fest of ALL. And Fest I think Charlottesville Ballet is involved, so it's a lot of collaboration between a lot of the great like music mm-hmm. and art scene that we have here in Charlottesville. So it's going to be fun. That's pretty good. All right. So, so you haven't missed out. No. If you just heard my review and you're like, dang it, I should have listened to Alex last Thursday when he said to you go. You still have a chance you to redeem yourself. You still have a chance. You can, exactly. You redemption, can redeem yourself and go see Tosca. Exactly. Redemption is at hand. <laughs> so you can, you can see that. Wow. Lucrecia Morales, muchísimas gracias. Liked in the show this morning. Nicholas Erpi liked in the show this morning. So we got some, some fans joining us. To be sure, and I don't know about you, but I'm I'm excited for today. I yes, think this we is going to be. Go to I'm ready to jump guest. right in. Yes, let's yes. do it. Let's do it. So we are super excited to welcome to the show this morning, Evine Dodu. She is an owner and baker at Sub Rosa Bakery. Evine, thanks so much for yes, joining thank us you this for morning. On the show. Of course, thank you for having me. No, it's it. So we've been looking forward to this ever mm-hmm. since Nick told us you were on the on the docket for today. Right? <laughs> oh yes, yes. So for for those who haven't met you before or haven't been to Sub Rosa, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started uh, Sub Rosa Bakery and first became interested. Sure. Well, it kind of all starts with my brother, Evram, um, who unfortunately is out of town and couldn't be here today. But um, Evram started baking bread um, at home, fell in love with it. This is probably 15 years ago at this point, and um, decided that he wanted to kind of pursue it more. So convinced my dad, or maybe my dad convinced him to um, use his wood-fired oven in Northern Virginia. My dad is a rest- was a restaurateur. Um, he convinced my brother to uh, use his oven during off hours, bake bread, and sell it at the Richmond Farmer's Market. Mm. So my brother started doing that. It took off. Um, I got wind of it when I was living in Turkey, moved back from Turkey, tried the bread. It was the best bread I had ever had. So I told my brother, what do I need to do to Uh make this happen? Because at that point, he wanted a storefront. Mm -hmm. And then uh, about 10 years ago, we got lucky, found a great building, and um, turned it into a bakery and started the bakery. Wow, that's (laughs) That's a short... That's Close fantastic. notes version. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. So what's I mean, just you're one of a handful of like retail wood fired bakeries in the state. And so what what's kind of unique about the wood fired bakery? I think uh, one of the things that's unique about a wood fired bakery is um, that there just aren't a ton of them around. Um, another thing is that it really requires you to be very active and completely tuned in and turned on um, with what's going on with your oven heat. You can't Mm -hmm. just turn on the oven and set it to 350 and throw your pastries in. Um, It's just a lot of surprises. You come in one morning and the person the day before overfired the oven, what are you gonna do? Mm -hmm. You come in one morning, they underfired the oven, what are you gonna do? So it really requires very active um, skill and being in tune with the um, actual thing that you're baking out of. Wow, so you appreciate the challenge in the uh, every morning you're coming out, it's like, oh, hey, what adjustment do I have yeah, to make? Yeah, exactly. And we've 
dialed it in over the years, but there's still some surprises. It's not a perfect mm-hmm. science. Um, it also does, we don't bake by live fire, so the kind of oven we have is a retention heat masonry oven, so we're baking with the residual heat from the day before. Oh, oh, so unlike okay. pizza, where you're baking with a live fire, that's not what's happening. So I can't say with 100% confidence that there's a huge difference in the taste. Like if we all did a blind taste, we might mm-hmm. not be able to tell which one was coming from the wood-fired oven. But I would say that with the texture, especially of our pastries, mm. the wood-fired heat really, I think, plays a role. Yeah. yeah, And it plays a role how? Because it's cooking slower or faster? I, and I think it's something about that. It's almost like when you sear meat or something. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. there's no science behind what I'm saying, but I feel that when we throw the pastries and bread in the oven, that initial uh, high mm-hmm. heat just kind of mm-hmm. creates this really nice, crispy, um, out, outward yeah. part of the pastry and really nice moist interior oh, um, wow. I've been t- you know we have been told that um, it makes a difference but you know psychology plays a role too <laughs> well I think it's probably you've been told probably you've seen it because I think what I mean a lot of the pastries are done by like I think it says on the website like you better be here at 8 because they're going to be done we quickly. do sell out quickly <laughs> wow yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what are some of the favorites that, that people will often come and, uh, and enjoy from the bakery? The top-selling item is our pain au chocolat, which is the chocolate croissant. Oh. Um, we sell thousands of them a week. Um, we also sell a lot of uh, fig jam and Appalachian cheese croissants. I think it kind mm. of strikes a chord with people who love mm. sweets and savory because yes. it's got the cheese and the jam. Um, our breads that are the most popular are our classic loaf, which is our signature um, naturally leavened style loaf made with 100% freshly milled flour and our um, pides, which I brought this morning for oh, you guys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank Can't you. thank you yeah. enough for that. Perfect. Also, naturally, so you, you grind the flour. So how, how, what's like the turnaround of the, of the flour to the, to the bread? We mill several times a week, and we're always using uh, freshly milled flour within the week that it was milled. Wow. So um, once we tried, especially bread um, with freshly ground flour versus flour that you can just buy, there was such a big difference that we decided to mill our own flour. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm guessing the flavor just must be so much more... like you can is it more taste. yeasty or? It's uh, well. What happens with a stone mill is mm-hmm. when you're milling with a stone mill, as opposed to the um, or mass-produced flour, which mm-hmm. is a roller milled mill, you're getting a little bit more of the germ oils in the flour. So um, mm-hmm. it's just a little more fatty and okay. nutty, maybe. And so that mm-hmm. flavor just really mm-hmm. uh, goes through into the pastry oh, and bread. Yeah. I think. Wow, yeah. interesting. I think it's just more depth of fla- flavor. I would yeah, say. Yeah, depth of flavor. The kind of that warm feeling. It's hard to explain, but like when you've had like when you can taste bread, sometimes I taste the the weed or the flour that yeah. went into it. It has this warm kind of quality to it. Certainly, yeah. yeah I think um, what you just said about the um, I, I'm already forgetting what you just said about the flavor. But yeah, warm. It's warm. That's what he said. Yes, yeah. yes. It's hot bread. Of course, uh, it's going to be warm. Sorry, uh, easily distractible mind. But um, I think from all the years of baking. But yeah, I think that there is just a little bit more flavor there. Mm-hmm. Um, got a couple comments already. So uh, Matthias uh, Yon asks, uh, he just visited the website. He's excited to see, I'm probably not pronouncing this right because he's, he's, uh, he's German and my wife is, no, speaks German, but I don't. Volkornbrot? 
uh, on there, on the bread. He's been looking for good German-style bread in the area. So he says, finally, he's so happy <laughs> that you guys make oh, these great. different yeah. types of bread. And actually, we just baked um, our whole rye loaves, uh, which is probably the closest to what I think he's looking for. Yeah. And um, it's like a Nordic-style, Frisian-style whole rye mm-hmm. loaf where we use the whole rye from the week before, soak it, and mix it with our own stone ground flour. It's a very hearty bread. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. wow. Is, is that like, would be like a darker bread? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's 100% whole rye. It's baked in a Pullman loaf pan, so it has a rectangular shape, mm-hmm. okay. and um, it's delicious. Yeah. He's probably, yeah, he's probably recognizing it just yeah. from the picture. He's, he's good. Um, he asks, uh, do you ship bread, or is it picked up only in Richmond? Um, we don't ship bread, unfortunately. Uh, we can hardly keep up with the demands just of our already. retail shop, but you can come pick it up um, Tuesday through Sunday. Tuesday through Sunday. So yeah. there you have it, Matthias, Tuesday through Sunday, and it, it's worth it. Yeah, you're going to have to make the drive, but <laughs> it, 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 looks, yeah. it sounds like it's worth it. Uh, so, absolutely. So I have a question. Um, how long does it take for you to in this oven to bake like your pastries or bake your bread? That's a great question. Um, it takes about 20 minutes to bake the croissants okay. and about uh, 40 minutes to bake the bread. Give okay. or take. And how many croissants can you like fit in? Is it like a really big oven that you can fit in multiple? Yeah, um, it's about four and a half inches wide. Excuse me, not inches. That would be very tiny. <laughs> uh, four and a half feet wide by seven and seven ish feet long, and we can fit seven standard um, commercial size sheet trays with twelve pastries on each sheet tray. Oh wow! Uh, so, so you can make a lot of croissants. Eighty-four, so 84 pastries okay. in one load. Wow. That's, yeah, and um, in terms of bread, we can fit up to about 20 loaves at wow. a time. On that's the top. Oh, that's an interesting thing about our oven. It is one of the few, maybe only, not sure, in Virginia, double-deck wood-fired ovens. So we're baking bread on the top deck while simultaneously baking pastries on the bottom deck. Wow. So that's pretty, pretty neat. neat. Pretty that neat That is see. pretty cool. Does that, does that change how it gets baked if one's on top and one's on the bottom, or would they still be the same? Um, well, the way it works is that we fire it accordingly. So we're able, because there are two individual chambers mm-hmm. that are connected, but um, we can separate them by this piece in the center of the oven. Um, so we can fire the top deck hotter than the bottom deck How because bread needs more heat than pastry. That's so amazing. Does that yeah. answer your question? Yeah, okay. it does. Wow, wow. interesting. Yeah. Kevin Higgins watching the show this morning. Thank you. He has a question. He asks... Um, is there one type of wood when you're heating the oven that you, you that makes the best bread, or do you change the type of wood depending on what you're baking? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a good question too. No, we mostly just use uh, local locally sourced wood uh, that comes from Powhatan. It's oak and mostly that, mm. um, and it's from trees that have usually like fallen anyway. So just the we just use the one type. The one type. How interesting. Yeah. But I local. Think, I love that yeah. everything is local. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think that I know with barbecue joints and stuff, I think that's super important, the wood. But for us, as long as it's dry and seasoned and ideally just mm. local and from yeah. trees that have already been um, fallen down, then that's good for mm. us. Yeah. It just makes sense. Because in reality, it's not as though there's the smoke from the wood that's permeating the bread it's it, the oven's being heated but it's the residual heat exactly. that's actually doing exactly. the cooking mm-hmm. oh how interesting so out of curiosity what are you know how do you think of i'm always curious for like bakers and there's that creativity that comes in how do you just make a decision okay here's something that we want to try to bake new or next Oh, do you sometimes just think of things yourself? Do you get requests and you'll say, oh, that sounds like a good one. Let's try that. What's kind of the process of deciding on a new confection or a new, a new type of bread? Yeah, these are great questions, guys. Um, so 
A lot of times it's the seasonality that dictates what we're doing. We work with farmers um, in Virginia and buy all of our produce and fruit from them. So but the squash is in season now. So then we think, okay, what different cheeses go well with squash? What herbs go well with squash? So definitely the season. Also, I would say that over the years, the different bakers we've had um, have been very creative and um, they'll want to try something. And mm -hmm. as long as it kind of fits with uh, Sabrosa and it can be baked in our oven because the oven is challenging, we'll go for it. So I think it's a combination of the people that we're working with and the um, seasonal vegetables and fruits that we have. Which is neat because it reminds me, I, I kind of love that because it reminds me of like, I would, we were just talking with uh, our dad and our mom the other day and they were saying how, you know, back in the day, just our ancestors and my mom said came from Sicily mm -hmm. and how nobody would bake bread in their own house in those days, right? Because you just had a tiny little apartment and they would literally lower a basket and the bread man would come down by, put the bread in the basket and pull it back <laughs> up. But just, I love the idea of the seasonality because of course, if you're not baking your own bread, you, you're relying on the baker to say, okay, this is what you can get produce-wise. This is what, what is available to you. I'm going to bake something that will sort of correspond to that or use it. Because in the, in the traditional way that people used to bake bread, you weren't calling up, you know, California and being, okay, yeah, this, this is in season all year long. Exactly. Like you just had to deal with what was there. And it was, it was probably nice for people who just had an apartment or just had to buy their bread from the local baker to say, oh, good, I get to have this now because it's the season, sure. rather than saying, well, it's just the same thing being churned out of a factory every single day. It, it varies depending what, what else is out there, which is just yeah. such a neat thing that that's sort of being carried on by you and that people can enjoy that seasonal variety. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it love what's out of curiosity because our our people our audience always loves like the kind of entrepreneur side because you've got the part that you're baking right, but then you're also running a business. What's what's that been like? The part of you know the behind the scenes of actually making it work. Yeah, um, it's been really challenging because I don't think my brother and I are naturally. Um, the most organized people and I think we just like doing the work mm -hmm. um, and so I think that um, it's been great having another partner I don't know how I would have done it without my brother um, but it is challenging I think to make sure that the product is good that you're in the mm -hmm. kitchen and um, but also that everything behind the scenes the, the bills the I don't even know spreadsheets are getting looked at um, but it it's going it's getting easier and easier as we're open longer and longer yeah but we're de we've definitely learned a lot along the way yeah to be sure to be sure that it's, it is it's it's a challenging but I sense I can tell by how much you enjoy that it's rewarding it's worth it yeah it is, it is rewarding and uh, actually now as I've gotten older and been doing this for 10 years um, wanting to learn something new being able to um, kind of learn more about the entrepreneurial side, the, um, you know, all of the things maybe we should have even focused on earlier. It's been, it's been enjoyable learning about them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely. Got some more lights here. Jerry Miller lights in the show. Elizabeth Erpe is uh, a niche wife, uh, another avid bread baker. I know oh. that she bakes, she likes to bake bread at home. She's lighting the show this morning. She's loving it. So thank, thank you Great. all for, uh, for watching. So, I mean, Avine, Dada asked, okay, to, I'm gonna, normally, my last question is always like, where can people find you? Sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to combine that with 
because I know the pastry so early, what's typically the best time? If we got, if we got our audience in Central Virginia, it's like, okay, I really want to know what are the, what's the best time to stop by and where should people go to find you? So I would say the best time to stop by in terms of variety is between 8 and 10 a.m. We open at 8. Um, after 10, we still have a decent amount of pastry and bread, but sometimes the things you may really want might have already sold out. We also have online ordering 48 hours in advance. So as long as you place an order two days ahead of time, you can get whatever you want, pick it up whenever you want oh. um, after 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. So that's something I always try to make sure people know. That's uh, that's that's, yeah. that's a great that's a great service. Yeah, if you've yeah. got like one or two things that you're like, oh, I would yeah. really mm-hmm. like. It does take a little bit of forethought. I know mm-hmm. I would be really bad at online ordering at my own bakery, but <laughs> for those of you who are um, not you know thinking ahead of time, that works great. And um, you can find us in Churchill, a historic neighborhood near the Main Street train station in downtown Richmond. Um, yeah, that's very really easy. Nice. Yeah, six two zero North Twenty Fifth Street. There you go. Okay. And subrosabakery.com, I think, is where you can also like do the uh, advanced order. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. Naveen, I can't yes. tell you how much we appreciate you coming down here. Yes, driving thank you here so much. And, and no sharing problem. about sharing, you so much. sharing your stories and your food, especially. Yeah, yeah of course. You're welcome. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see you in the shop. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll see you in the shop. Yeah. And, uh, and when your brother gets back, who knows in the future, we'll have you both back on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's a much more entertaining and funny oh, guy. Oh, no, you were fantastic. You were fantastic. No, I'm not saying that to Fish, but he's just, uh, <laughs> it's his hidden talent. He could have been an actor. Oh, there you go. So, Naveen, thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, uh, it was so neat. Really, yeah. really appreciate that it. Was, that was really interesting. Here. Yeah. So Veen's going to rotate out, and then our next just going to rotate in. Simona Westland liked in the show this morning. Thank you, Simona. Always appreciate the, uh, the likes and the, and the viewers. So, so interesting. I, you know, when I first heard it, that was a, like, was a wood-fired bakery, mm-hmm. my, my thought was like, oh, cause it's like a pizza You're oven. You're thinking pizza oven, yeah. A pizza oven. I didn't realize it was residual heat. I mean, Which that's, is really, that's really interesting. Yeah, Really neat. So it's, uh, ah, we're going to have to... You just have to, everyone's going to have to yes, go check I it out. Yeah, we have to get up early and make the trip to Richmond yeah, before yeah, other it's people. It's worth it. It's worth it, I know. We got, yeah, we've got to make sure we get there before other people. No, it's Alex right. doesn't want to lose out on that chocolate crust. No, not on the chocolate. No, on the pineapple chocolate lot. It's like, no. Or, you know, or the, no, the, the Appalachian cheese with the fig jam sounded very yeah. good. I like my cheese Danish, so I, I combine it with fig jam. And it's, like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's getting me going. That's for sure. Awesome. From one day guest to another, yeah. we're very excited to welcome to the show this morning Sydney Chicalo. She is the owner of Marathon Marketing and Branding. Sydney, thanks so much for yeah, joining thank us. Thank you this for morning. coming on. Thank Sydney. you guys so much for having me. No, I gotta a, say, I'm hungry after listening. I know. To this. I know, I know. <laughs> it's the only price when we have like great, you know, bakers and food mm-hmm. on. It's like, oh, now I'm hungry. To be sure. So, Sydney, for those who haven't met you before, tell us a little bit about yourself. How you first became interested in marketing and branding. Yeah, so I really fell into my business by chance. I call it a happy accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my first job in Northern Virginia. I started out doing government consulting, which is drastically different from what I do today. Uh, but I was doing uh, communications and marketing work on the project I got assigned to, and I really fell in love with a lot of the work and coming up with a message to reach people and figuring out, you know, how can we design things that, you know, get people's attention, get them to pay attention to Mm -hmm. what we're doing and our efforts. And fast forward about six months in the job and my husband, at the time he was my boyfriend, but 
His parents both own two restaurants. They've been in the community where I'm from in Warrington for years, and they felt like they weren't getting what they wanted out of their marketing investment, particularly as it pertained to social media. And knowing I had the business degree, I had been doing some uh, marketing work, they came to me and said, did you want to try and do the marketing for our pizza restaurant and take over the social media? And, of course, there was some nice supplemental pay that came. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're young and living in the city, it's expensive. I said, okay, let's give it a shot. I'm going to learn how to do social media for a local business. And I really just came to love what I was doing. I... A few months after doing the pizza restaurant, I started working on their other restaurant. And then I had my dad has a pest control business. I started helping him. He has some friends who have businesses. I networked with them, started working and doing social media for their business. And then fast forward to 2019, I have five clients on the side. I was working full time and finally said, okay, I got to choose one or the other. And I found myself loving what I was doing with the social media work and took the leap and officially February 2020 was when I left my full-time job and started doing what I do. Wow. Wow. That's that's just right before the pandemic too. Yep. One (laughs) month before the pandemic. It was, it was an interesting time, but it actually was a blessing in disguise uh, for my business because the pandemic hit and all of a sudden a lot of local businesses that had relied on word of mouth or just having that steady flow of people coming in we're all of a sudden going what do I do on social media how do I reach people what do I need to do Mm -hmm. um, in terms of email marketing how do I start communicating and so people really started to prioritize it and think about it so I had an influx of people that were coming to me to learn yeah absolutely just what made people think like hey you know what I need to have even beyond, like mm-hmm. even once the pandemic mm-hmm. ends, you need to have a social media presence. Yeah, I mean, even well. when you're a staple and you've been around for years yeah. and you've got your regulars that come in, you still need to have that way to communicate mm-hmm. with them online today. Absolutely. What are some of the things, like, I'm, I'm curious, like, what are some of the basic social media things that you that you see a lot of businesses, small businesses in particular, having trouble with at the beginning? Yeah, this is a really good question. The biggest thing I see is consistency, and I think that is just like a universal struggle across the board, regardless of what stage of entrepreneurship you're Mm -hmm. in or your business is in, because you've got so many competing priorities as Mm -hmm. a local business owner. You've got your customers that, and your employees and all these other things that you're managing, and so social media requires a lot of time and effort, and it's hard to find the time to stay consistent with it if you don't have a process, if you're not uh, dedicating some time each week towards it. And so I, I find that's really the biggest struggle. And, and then the other thing I think when you're starting out is just it, you know, getting a little bit impatient. So marketing is really a long-term game. It is not something that just, you know, I think today's culture, we see all these stories of these people Mm. that went viral and they created something and they go from (laughs) zero followers to 50,000. And then when you don't get those results, you're like, what am I doing wrong? Well, you're Mm -hmm. not necessarily doing anything wrong. It is a long-term game. It takes a little bit to build up your base, to build up that following, to start seeing the results from social media. And so if you get really impatient with it, you kind of tend to back off the consistency. Mm -hmm. You don't tend to prioritize it. Your mindset towards it is a little bit different. Um, And then you kind of see those self-fulfilling results. Um, And so I would say being patient with it and and being consistent are the two big things. And when you say consistent, what does that 
what does that exactly mean? Like posting like every day or exactly? Yeah, th okay. so this is another thing. Like there's a lot of, you get a lot of advice out there from people yeah. on this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think you have to be on social media every single day to see results. And I think that that's one of the quickest ways to burn out. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not like me where you're in the marketing every day and you really love it, you're going it, to, it can be really time consuming. I would say consistent is three to four times a week showing up three to four times a week, just communicating with your following what, mm -hmm. what's going on behind the scenes or featuring an employee or doing something fun, yeah. um, you know. And, you know, it, like this morning we were preparing the pizza dough. Let's show, mm -hmm. like, a video of the yes. dough being prepared. Like, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit and easy ways to get content. Get that out there a few times a week. And then one of my favorite tools to leverage is, is Instagram and Facebook stories because I think – a lot of people engage with those even before they start scrolling on their feed. So focus some time and attention there a few times a week and make an effort to stay top of mind with people. Mm -hmm. And what's an Instagram or Facebook story? Um, so when you log into your Instagram app, you've got all those circles with people's mm -hmm. updates at the top. Click those, and usually people will like it's, it's, like, a it's a good, or, it's like a yeah, video, yeah, yeah. or it could even just be text with an update. It could be a yeah. photo. There's so many different fun tools that you can use with your Instagram stories. Yeah, see, but, which is it's good to note. I think a lot. I know a lot of people who try to get the burnout thing. It's like, oh man, I can't be on this every day. It's draining. It's like it's good to know. Like consistency doesn't mean that you have to be like staring at Instagram 24 hours a day and. Yeah, doing those things. It, it it it's just more strategic than exactly than just doing something every single day. And you want to be showing up enough that people don't go to your Facebook or Instagram account to check you out, and then you haven't posted in three or four months, and they're mm -hmm. like, "Is this business still open? What's yes. going on? They haven't shared mm -hmm. anything." Mm -hmm. So, um, staying consistent and and the Instagram stories are really great because they're more in the moment. They're a little bit more unpolished. You don't have to go through some fancy editing process mm. to get content mm -hmm. up on your story. It can be, you know, people just kind of like that in-the-moment stuff and feeling like they're building that personal mm -hmm. connection with yeah, you. It made sense. And sense. your business. Out of curiosity, and this, it may not have a, because I know you have a, you've got that family small business background, mm -hmm. you know, on, obviously on both sides now. Um, how would you say, has that impacted how you, does that sort of background impact how you view marketing and branding? I would say it definitely impacts how I view marketing, branding, and also just how I approach like my business in mm -hmm. general. So um, really, I've got a long line of entrepreneurs. Both of my grandfathers were entrepreneurs. My yeah. grandfather on my dad's side was the one who started the pest control business in 1980 before my dad took it over after he passed in 2000. And then um, my grandfather on my mom's side, he had two restaurants up in Manassas, Virginia for a number of years. They moved down to Florida for retirement. Mm -hmm. Uh, started running a motel down there, and so I've seen them just run, you know, businesses growing up. I've seen how they really take care of their customers. I've seen that um, my grandfather, who started the pest control business, one of the philosophies that he had was, you know, people don't care about what you know until they know you care. Mm. And so I feel like I've really applied that um, to my business, and I've also applied it to my marketing, uh, you know, when I'm creating content, I center it around my audience. I center it around my people. What are mm -hmm. they going to care about? What mm -hmm. do they want to hear about? What's going to gather? What's going to you know gain their attention and, and build their trust so that they know that I understand what they're struggling with and I'm here to genuinely help with that. So I have a question. So when you're kind of like someone comes to you and says they need help marketing, how do you how do you approach that scenario? Like, do you say, okay, I have to figure out what your audience is. What's We're going to post like? exactly. What's the process of figuring out who the audience is? What kind of content to post to attract more people or a bigger audience? Yeah. 
So when I start working with someone, they come to me, they say, I'm struggling with marketing. I mean, the first thing, obviously, before we hop on a call, I'm going to go do an audit, see what their mm -hmm. profiles look like, see what their online presence looks like. Is everything up to date? Are they consistent? Because usually that's, that's low-hanging fruit. That's a mm -hmm. really easy thing to address if it's, if it's a consistency issue. Um, if a business is being really consistent but they're not seeing the results, that's when we want to dive a little bit more into the strategy. We want to drive mm -hmm. in, dive into the messaging. So let's have a conversation around who your customer is, and have you done that deep dive into like what makes them tick? I mean, marketing, what really makes marketing successful is knowing your customer intimately, like knowing their habits day to day, knowing um, the reasons that they come to you and your business. Mm -hmm. And so I like to start there and really get to understand who they're serving before you start just mm -hmm. kind of I, I give the analogy yeah. of throwing like spaghetti at a wall, seeing what sticks. Like, let's just like try a bunch of different things and see what sticks. Instead, let's actually get to know your customer at their mm -hmm. core, and from there you can create messaging and marketing content that you know is going to work and connect with them. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what? Once you do enter that phase, so okay, so you, you got the process when someone first reaches out to you. Once they do say, okay, yeah, Sydney, I, I definitely want to work with you, what are some like, of the common services that, that, you know, some of the most common things you provide to help small businesses? Yeah, the, the most popular service is social media management. Business mm. owners are busy. It's hard to dedicate time to it. Uh, some people just don't want to learn it. They're like, take it off my plate. I know yeah. I need it. So um, that's probably the most popular service with clients is just managing their social media profiles, largely LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. And then um, the other service that I don't, I wouldn't say it's like the most popular, but it's one that's starting to gain some popularity is really working through the process of understanding their audience. And um, I, I call it a design thinking service. So um, design thinking is really human centered problem solving. It's, it's, putting people at the core, understanding them, getting to know them, and then leveraging those insights to solve the problem at hand. And so um, if a brand hasn't done that deep dive into their customer or their audience, um, I'll use the example. I worked with a local fire station last year where they wanted to recruit more volunteers to their station. They wanted to improve their outreach to the community and strengthen those relationships because their 100-year anniversary is coming up, and so wow. fundraising is going to be really important. Mm -hmm. And so... I worked with them. I was interviewing the people that volunteer at their station, having, you know, 30-minute conversations on Zoom to understand why they started volunteering, what they love about volunteering, understanding their stories, um, going through letters from the community where they had written thank yous or shared stories about how that how the department had helped them, and going through that process. And from there, identifying, okay, these are these are really who the people that you're trying to target. These are your, I would call them perso customer personas mm. um, of who you want to be reaching. And from there, we were able to build a whole marketing strategy and a social Based media strategy that. with messaging that aligned. Oh, that makes total sense. And it's just so interesting because I know that's one of the first, what's amazing, that's one of the first things that sometimes when people will take entrepreneurship classes, they have you go through that. What mm -hmm. I love is you're helping small business owners. You're kind of helping them through that process, especially if, Maybe they, like, they've been in business for a while or they're an organization that has some yeah. history, but they've never done it because mm -hmm. maybe when they started, no one ever told them, yeah, here, you should do this deep dive into who yeah. your actual target customer yeah, is, right? Exactly. Who, and it's nice that you're kind of helping them sort of bridge that gap and, and mm -hmm. go through that process 
whether they've done it before or whether that maybe they did it when they started but they haven't done it in 10 years yep. or so and their customer may be completely different than they thought it was 10 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day it really just comes down to the fundamentals of marketing. Like I know today there's, you know, there's reels, there's all these different fancy tools out there in marketing mm-hmm. and everyone wants to just hop on the trends and say that's my marketing strategy, but it's not. At the end of the day, you have to go back to those core principles mm-hmm. of marketing and understand who you're serving. Yeah, it's like the difference. Yeah. I remember it's an uh, old uh, chess friend of mine. Like, it's the difference between like strategy and tactics. Like, the tactic mm-hmm. is the reels that yes. they use. But if you don't have a strategy, if you don't have all the tactics in the world, you're going to lose <laughs> the war. Like, you might yeah. win the battle, but you're going to lose the war because you don't have an underlying strategy mm-hmm. behind all these different tactics that you're yeah. trying. Like, you need them both, but exactly. there needs to be a, a deeper strategy to it. Yeah. Good analogy, Alex. That was actually very good. Yeah. Hey, do you want to come on my <laughs> podcast? You know, we'll trade. Ben Dunlap Marcus, thank you for watching the show this morning. Thank you for joining us. So, Sydney, I mean, this is, I, I've learned so much mm-hmm. already. So, if people are interested, they're saying, oh, yeah, I really need Sydney to either, you know, do that audit, talk to me, learn a little bit more. What's the best way to uh, for people to contact you and reach out to you? Yeah, there's a few ways. So my website is marathonmarketingbranding.com. So you can go there to book a discovery call, and we can have a conversation about where you're at. Or um, you can connect with me on Facebook, Marathon Marketing and Branding, and then same handle on Instagram. I love to hang out on Instagram, so definitely go there for some fun marketing tips and advice too fantastic and okay normally that's my last question but uh, we have an audience question that just popped in (laughs) so uh kevin higgins asks uh what are your thoughts on what may be too much in other words persistent ads that will pop up or persistent reels is there something that you can sort kind of like have so much inundation to your audience that they get annoyed or it's too much is Yeah, so I guess this is a two-pronged question. So if you're posting organically, I think you can, and this is where looking at your analytics is going to come in handy. So if you're putting content out there, you know, three, four, five times a day, I personally don't think that's necessary. I think it is bombarding your audience, but also, like, the algorithms on a lot of these platforms see it as spam. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessary to be putting content out that many times. Um... But if you are looking at your analytics and you're seeing like, oh, you know, I was growing and then I drastically increased, you know, I'm posting three times a day, but it doesn't seem like people are engaging with my content or it seems like I'm losing followers, that might be a good pulse check to say, okay, like, let's try something else or let's take it back a little bit. Um, And then when it comes to ads, I would say if you're putting out paid content, use what's called dynamic creative. So have a couple different images or like a video, something on rotation Mm -hmm. so that people are seeing your ad, but they're not seeing the same photo, you know, 10 times Mm -hmm. over. We're to the point where they're like, okay, I've seen this ad so many times that I'm going to click hide, but like find a way to keep them engaged. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hopefully that helped. Great. (laughs) Uh, I always like to ask the audience questions. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry to add that one in there, but I'm like, oh, well, if the audience wants to know, we'll get yeah. to them. So, marathonmarketingbranding.com, yes. Marathon Marketing Branding on Facebook, and then I think the same on Instagram. Yes. There yep. you go. So, very easy to mm-hmm. get in touch with Sydney. Very easy. <laughs> and, uh, and have her help you out with, uh, with those marketing and branding needs. Sydney, cool. yeah, thank thanks you so much so for much coming on today. Hello. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. No, no, same here. Same, same here. here. Thanks for always enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always enjoy it. Take care. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of tips learned, I think. Oh, yeah. Just, well, it's, it's important to just have, 
you know, especially because it's true. I mean, we're all in different phases of business, right? Mm-hmm. We all are experts at different things. And sometimes it's hard. I mean, I'm a finance person, right, to be an expert in marketing. So it's nice to have people like Sydney that can say, you know, here's, here's what I kind of live, what she kind of lives and breathes, well, right? And, especially, especially in this social media age that we yeah. live in. I think there's even a lot of older entrepreneurs who maybe started businesses 10 years ago. Let's be honest. Instagram wasn't like essential to growing a business yeah. 10 years ago. And Had Facebook maybe barely. You don't even have to be older. I remember when we first brought the business to Facebook and I went to our younger cousin. She's like, you know, what is she, six years younger than me? And I was like, yeah. Amanda. Okay, we're on Facebook now. And she's like, oh, old old only old people are on Facebook. <laughs> Young people are on Instagram now. I'm like, I just made it to Facebook. I what do you mean? <laughs> and so it just, but I remember my, our dad times, there was, there was a time when, right, anyone, any new client would check out to see if you had a website. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have a website, they were like, there must be something fishy. Outdated. Right? They're outdated. There's something That's wrong, right? Is it legit? Well, now it's kind of the same with Facebook. I mean, the mm-hmm. first thing you're going to, I heard about a business, I don't check Facebook. If there's no Facebook, I'm like, are they still in Is business? There an are they open? Yes. Like, you know, what's what's going on? Are they, Is this know? one of those like Prince of Nigeria scams? Yeah, or something like, like that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is this sketchy? So it's just you have to like be there. Not even sometimes like because it will. I mean, you may have your local following, but sometimes a new person is going to go straight to Facebook, and Instagram to check out if you're actually legit in the first place. And so you need to like be yeah. aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's just so much that goes into it. And so from one, one expert in this well, field. From one Sydney to another. I know, I, I promise, audience, like this is Nick. He, I, I'm sure he did not plan it this way. But it's, no, life just works out. It's yeah. one of those happy accidents. Like uh, Avin called it, a happy accident that we have. We're happy to welcome to the show Sydney Turber. She is the owner of Sydney Turber Film. Sydney, thanks for Sydney, coming yeah, on this morning. Guys, on. thank you so much for having me. No, no, it's great to have you great. on. So for those who haven't met you before, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, how you first started Sydney Turber Films. Yeah, absolutely. Mostly, I actually wanted to comment on what you guys were talking about before briefly. Sure. Um, you know, with like all the different places that business owners are expected to be yeah. on um, social media, you know, because you can add, you know, also TikTok, YouTube, um, you can add, you know, Google reviews and getting those. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. seriously, if you guys have business owner friends, please check on them because um, they might be okay, but they also might be drowning a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you guys said I had between two and three hours to kind of talk through what I do. No, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. <laughs> oh, you got uh, me yeah, there. Yeah. You got me there. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, so I, you know, first job out of college, uh, used my actual degree and was a mechanical engineer, um, moved to Charlottesville and was a sixth-grade math teacher. Um, so a natural progression to a videography okay, business. Of course, math. yes. yes. You, could, you could keep the math students entertained. Like, I know, I know. I like, videos. Um, no, but I, uh, I got married in 2018, and then in tw- you know, around 2019, I had you know, a good friend uh, who was going through the wedding planning process, mm-hmm. and she was like, whoa, this is really expensive <laughs> uh, and really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she was like, it's just tough to figure out what to cut and what to go cheap on, you know, what to do. And I, I said, listen, if you are going to cut video, not even like go cheap on video. If you're going to cut video, not going to have a video. I was like, I have a camera, a GoPro. Um, I will learn video and I'll, I'll film your video. Um, so I offer that. You know, a couple months later, she reaches back out and she says, hey, does that offer still stand? <laughs> I was like, 
I did make that offer. I did make that offer. Of course, it still stands. So um, it, it actually was, though the pandemic, and it was terrible um, in so many ways, uh, it also it offered me a lot of time uh, to learn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I spent like a month, like 10 to 12 hours a day just on YouTube learning video, uh, learning wedding videos, uh, learning about weddings and all these different things, uh, and went and filmed this wedding. It was like the longest day of my life uh, because I didn't, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, and so that you just like, time, yeah. yes, yes, and so you, you, you know, but I, it's also like their only wedding, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I filmed everything, and I never sat down. I don't think I ate the entire day. Um, <laughs> I think I slept for three days afterward, wow. um, but I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. I, I mean, I just, I loved weddings and I loved the kind of the idea of capturing it and telling Mm -hmm. the story of their day because they had a pretty normal wedding um but it was like how how do we you know how can I let their personality show through the edit and through the way that I'm filming um and so I told my husband who uh was in grad school at the time still in grad school um but I told him hey you're in grad school I was pregnant at the time. I'm like, I think this is a good time to start a business, you know? Um, and so I, in 2020, was like, I'm just going to learn as much as I can about videography um, and started calling all of my engaged friends and was like, do you have a videographer? Because I'll do it for free or really cheap uh, to get a little bit of experience. And so I filmed, filmed the first couple uh, in, in 2020 and uh, just still had that passion for it. And so... Um, you know, fast forward to this year, we're fully booked um, with weddings, wow. um, and I uh, am still still in love with it. Uh, my husband actually came on and films with me, so you know, a couple times a month we get yeah, we get a little date night mm-hmm. and we get to hang out, and uh, we just really enjoy that time together. Um, and then uh, last year, I kind of started thinking like, okay, weddings, you know, it's a one time thing, like. You know, you may not kiss the bride. You don't really get to do that twice. Um, So it's really high stress. I'm like, but normal life is not near as stressful um, as weddings are. And so Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, there are a lot of stories. Like weddings and marriage, those aren't the only stories that are out there. Everybody kind of has a story to tell. Um, And really thinking even deeper into it and really every business owner has a story to tell you know and so I'm like how can I offer something a little bit different because there's you know there's a lot of videographers and and people can pick up a phone these days and be a videographer like the the technology that we have is incredible um and so what I thought how can I offer something to these people um that are struggling and Mm -hmm trying to post on social media and trying to keep their website updated and also try and actually run their business and, you know, do their day to day. Um, and what I found was that there were, you know, a lot of people who were looking for someone to tell their story and someone to tell it well, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of fun actually coming after Sydney, uh, you know, talking about all the social media and, and marketing and branding and all these things. Um, and really what I do is, you know, I come, hand in hand with that and you know there are a lot of places where I'm like listen you don't need a professional video you just need to get over your fear of being on a camera and put your phone up Um, but there's also times where people do expect Mm -hmm. you know that professionalism when they land on your website um, Mm -hmm. you know you can either have a static picture of yourself and words underneath 
Or you can have a really dynamic video where people actually get to know you and they, you know, get to fall in love with what you're doing and they get to hear your passion um, kind of when you're speaking. And so that's kind of where I've fallen. So now we're about half and half with the business. Um, Yeah, weddings and also the other. And when you say dynamic, how exactly are you filming it so that it comes out that way versus like you know i'm just sitting here and you're just filming me like talking to you like change you know angles do you add it within a video like other cut scenes how does that yeah work? yeah so it it really depends on the project mm-hmm. um but uh but i'll usually have two camera angles um one usually generally straight on um and then one kind of off to the side to cut to but really what i found is if as long as um as long as I can get to know the person that I'm interviewing mm-hmm. and get to know what you know what the purpose of this video is, mm-hmm. then I'll usually stand off screen and you know while they're talking maybe to a camera or maybe they're even just talking to me, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to engage them in the conversation, yeah. even if it's nonverbal cues, but really try and keep them as engaged because ultimately like you can cut back and forth and stuff, but people still connect with people you know mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that's kind of how I keep it. Dynamic. Yes, in that it's keeping it as though it were a real conversation. Like, yes. So it's not like just I always like I struggle like if you're just talking to a camera, right? Kind of you know deep down you they're can talking. fake it as much as you, <laughs> right. you know deep down I'm talking, talking to, to a me. machine. Yes. Like, but but to have that other person to bring out like. Yeah. As though this way the audience can then feel like, oh, he's talking to me. He's not yes. talking to a camera. Yes, yeah. We're not we're not hoping that somebody, you know, lands on your website and watches your video. We're hoping they land on the website and they're engaged in a conversation mm-hmm. with you that they start and then they they think, wait, I want to continue this conversation. I think mm-hmm. I need to, you know, reach out and connect, or maybe I'm gonna go to the bakery, maybe I'm gonna ask, you know, Sydney to do a little bit of marketing for me. Yeah. It's these like how you know, connecting mm-hmm. there with your your customers. Yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense so what's the process because i know you, you touched on it a little bit sure someone calls you up and says okay i really don't know where to start i mean i think yeah. i need some videos my website is full of like pictures and nothing yeah, else yeah. I, uh, my instagram is nothing but pictures <laughs> i really can't what's kind of the process of beginning to work with you when someone calls sure. you up for the first time yeah great question um i mean the first thing on my end um is i i will go in to, and kind of similar to what Sydney said, I'm going to do a full audit um, and make a presentation for you about like what am I seeing as someone who is just looking you up, who's looking to to you know use your services or mm-hmm. buy your product, um, and then I'm looking at your competitors and seeing what are they doing. What you know is there some you know is there something that's working for them? Mm-hmm. Is you know are all they you know is there ways that they're kind of falling flat and your audience isn't really interested in that? Mm-hmm. Maybe that uh, you know that similar audience that you might have. Um, and so then we'll have that initial call. And really, what I'm looking for is you know what you know kind of like you said. I'm you know I'm not sure where to start. Well, where do you think you know where where mm-hmm. are you interested in? Mm-hmm. Um, using video because really we can do um i meet with people who they just want you know maybe one event covered i do that with a couple uva um organizations where they have a big reunion event or they have their big concert um and they just want that filmed uh and maybe make a highlight video that's easy it's like okay it sounds good um but maybe you're a business and you want a nice video for your website Mm -hmm. and or maybe you want a little small series of videos for um, like how-tos. Um, yeah. Maybe you're trying to get into the education space. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then you know there's also I have a, a few a few clients again can't, can't take too many of these but I have a few clients who I do you know monthly video production oh, they for want some kind of ongoing. yeah they mm-hmm. they want to you know they want to be really active in you know on social media um, and for them you know I'll do like once a month come in film for two and a half hours and then cut them 30 videos yeah. um, and so it really it really depends on kind of what you're looking for mm-hmm. um, what your goal is and um, yeah yeah so it's it's very open mm-hmm. there's you know a lot yeah, of communication initial there. conversation about what, yeah. what to figure out sometimes I, I I would imagine a lot of times you're kind of helping them figure out what they want yes, you know, yes. they may not necessarily know yeah. it well what yes. do I say what yeah. do I say right right and that's also something that though I never would consider myself to be any type of like social media manager expert or anything don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole um, but one thing that I also do try to do for all of my clients is like I'm not just going to give you a video and say here's your video have fun you know um but you know I'll we'll have like a nice you know vision for what the video should be and then I'll say hey you know here's this video that you wanted for your website I also think you know here's it broken down so you can pull it into like something like Canva and you can maybe post it on social media so I might kind of share with them like here's ways to get a little bit more out of the investment that you mm-hmm. made um, rather than feeling like you have this one video that is good and then it's like significant you know there's a significant mm-hmm. drop off to all the rest of your videos yeah. yeah makes a lot of sense yeah what have you seen in terms of like the way video works in branding mm-hmm. as opposed to like you know pictures or words yeah. like what 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 does it kind of do in branding that that people may not think about yeah, I mean, I think it is it is a tool, and so many people, uh, myself included, uh, when I first started out on kind of the entrepreneurial journey, mm-hmm. um, I think it, you know, you can, you can lean on one thing to think it's like, okay, this is what this person does to go viral, I'm going to do that, yeah. and I'm going to go viral, I'm going to do that, I'm going to make this video, and all my problems will be solved. Um, that's just not true, and we know that. Um, and so, it. I think video is a tool that works very well with the implementation of um, all the other things that mm-hmm. you're talking about, like good copywriting and pictures and um, solid relationships and engagement mm-hmm. with um, potential and current clients. Um, and so, uh, but video, the one, the one thing I think it really uh, that it it really allows you to do is to show off who you are because um, people might want to you know they might want to work with you because of you know letters after your name or because of um, word of mouth or or different different things but ultimately um, we are relational beings mm-hmm. you know and so I think video allows you to just connect so much more with people um and and especially when you're looking at a screen and reading a story it's it's like you know you can imagine maybe how the person's talking but when you get them on video and you get to see how they interact and and you get to see different things then it really helps you to know okay do you know would I work well with this person or maybe maybe it wouldn't be a good fit you know um and nobody wants to have a bad fit like client or owner um and so so I think that's really where video stands out. Um, 
And then the other way that I think it stands out is uh, kind of letting your letting your flags fly. Like, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I, I like I don't do this as much as I should uh, on on like Instagram or Facebook or, or those things. But you know, popping on and telling a quick story about your day mm-hmm. um, can really allow uh, can really allow your your clients and your followers and people to to interact with you um yeah just yeah so that that's Mm -hmm. definitely a big one Um, yeah it's that piece that like you're a real person not just like a photo yes absolutely it it, yes it totally humanizes you Mm -hmm. when you're in a video you're like oh wait this person's like normal and has quirks and has you know different personality traits that uh that you know ultimately we want them to say oh my gosh i you know it's this is like i'm paraphrasing a c.s lewis quote but it's literally like oh my gosh i i didn't know that somebody else did that like you too mm-hmm. you know um and we want that connection of you know oh i do that too and i didn't know um and so yeah exactly yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we we've seen it firsthand mm-hmm. i mean like Mm-hmm. Um, you know our dad. So, I mean, he, Xavier. He's got that. He's got that affable face. We put him on a picture. <laughs> but then, as Jerry likes to say, he's affable in in real person. And we've yeah. had people that literally will say to him, "Yeah, I, I went to look you up. I watched you on the podcast. Yeah. And I just thought you seemed really nice. So I wanted to work with you. He only and, comes yeah. that way uh, uh, on screen, though. Off screen, it's <laughs> only on screen. <laughs> you know, but like you wouldn't think you'd say. And because of course he comes on here and does the same thing we do. He just talk, sure. he doesn't talk business right? right but they're like yeah you just seem like a nice guy on video and so i wanted to write yeah and just it's that kind of thing that it doesn't even right. have to be what your business is it's just Absolutely. like sometimes it's just people gravitate to your personality but yes. I, I have a question though because sometimes yeah. let's be honest like you're in front of a camera sometimes you could be stiff at first how do you yeah. help people kind of oh, yeah. relax kind of bring mm. out their personality because sometimes it's like oh i'm on camera like i'm, I'm <laughs> like you know, you're talking, you're messing up. Like, how do you get people yeah. to relax, just kind of feel at ease and kind of really bring out their best part? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say uh, that even though I'd consider myself very introverted and being, you know, talking a lot and being around people is very, uh, you know, not something that fills my mm-hmm. cup quite as much. Um, but it, yeah, you know, I try to be like as extroverted as I can when I'm trying to get someone out of their shell um, mm-hmm. and trying to make them feel comfortable. Um, I also let them know, like, this is not, um, this is not a one and done. This, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, cause that's the beauty of, you know, having a professional video setup is I can click go and then we can do it and they can mess up and I can click stop and I can click go again. Um, and so I, you know, I definitely try to do that. Um, but I also I almost always start if it's like a new, you know, someone I'm working with for the first time and trying to get them comfortable on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost always start with like, you know, why, why this business and why do you stay in it? Like what, you know, what gets you up uh, mm-hmm. to do this every day? Um, why do you enjoy this? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't enjoy it that much, I, say, I might say, what else do you enjoy? Um, and because when people are talking about things that they like, um, they start to, you know, just get a little more comfortable, mm-hmm. um, a little more relaxed, uh, yeah. rather than feeling like they have to educate whoever is watching the video afterward. Yeah. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We're just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about it. Um, and so I think really trying to have like that very casual approach um, 
when I am prompting people, I think has helped a lot, um, a lot of people to kind of come out of their shell in that sense. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh man, I feel like we've learned so mm-hmm. much from today, Cindy. It's been <laughs> it's been fantastic. So I mean, yeah. so if people are interested in like working with you and saying, hey, I, I need to I need to talk to to Sydney, or maybe yeah. Sydney has said you guys need to work on your video <laughs> a little bit, and they're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. um, what's the best way to get in touch with yeah, you? And, yeah, yeah. So I, um, though the Sydney Kerber films, um, you know, at gmail.com, that's my email, um, sydneykerberfilms.com. That is, I actually just, that was like the main spot, um, but I actually have really reserved that more for wedding space. So that's where you're going to see a lot of my wedding portfolio. Um, but I actually just spun off a new, um, a new brand, um, a new company um, that is all of my non-wedding video stuff um, so that I could actually show. I'm like, nice. I was like, I was doing all of this non-wedding video stuff and I was like, ah, I really feel like I need to show this off. Um, but I didn't want to dilute all of the hard work that I had done with the wedding stuff. So um, signpostcreative.com signpostcreative.com um, is where you can see um, just some of the different videos we've worked on um, with different local uh, and national businesses. Um, yeah, so, and I think, yeah, hello at signpostcreative.com um, is the email there, but any of those. You, you can also just, you know, Find me at I Love Seville, you know. I'll just be here every week, I think. There you go, exactly. Every year, every two to three hours. And and Joey's like, what? 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 When did that happen? (laughs) 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 Uh, So, Sydney, it's been been a blast. Thanks so much for for coming on and joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Signpostcreative.com. Or, I mean, if you want to get on the wedding list for, like, what, two years from now or something? (laughs) Sydney Kerber Films. Cool. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Ah, always, wow. always great. Informative just, too. Yeah. yeah, you learn so much because you mm-hmm. just—they're so great at what they do. Right? So passionate, so passionate too. about it that I just learned so much, and it's it's yeah. uh, it's one of the joys of uh, being able to do today, Mariana. Like, mm-hmm. We're the lucky ones we get to do this. So it was a great show. Thanks for no, being thank, with me on thank it. Thank you for having me, Alex. You know, we've got some great guests coming up uh, next week as well. We've got Alexandra Solorzano from Owl Owl and Founder. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Michelle Good from Intercoastal Mortgage joining Matthias Young. So Matthias ah, is going to be okay. back on with Michelle from Intercoastal Mortgage. Uh, of course, Matthias, our, our good friend from Matthias Young Realty. You know, thanks for the great questions today. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I did, yeah, once I show um, my wife the, uh, the Fulcrum Brot. On the uh, brand menu, she's probably going to be like, you're Matisse going. is probably already online doing yeah, the pre-order. probably already getting ready. And my wife and my Elizabeth's going to be like, guess where you're going uh, tomorrow morning to get me some. Um, uh, and you're going to have to uh, get up early, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Seville uh, Opera going to be joining us next week as well ah, okay. to talk a little bit of uh, Tosca, Tosca coming. Mm. So that's speaking speaking of Tosca, when's that again? July 14th and 14th, 16th. 16th. Okay, so it's coming up a couple and weeks. This Saturday is the festival at the Teen Pavilion, uh, July 1st. So be sure to check that out as well. Mm. So, so many great things to do mm-hmm. So and some fun times to be had this summer. Thanks, uh, thanks for being with me. Thanks Thank everyone who me. commented. Uh, Kevin Hadian's great questions. Matthias Young, great questions and comments. Just really appreciate all the uh, audience feedback. Thank you, Judah, behind the camera, mm-hmm. making, making it all work and getting it all in order. I uh, love being here on the I Love Seville Network set. Thank you, and of course, to Emergent Financial Services for presenting uh, to our good friends, our partners at Charlottesville Opera, Matias Sion Realty, Credit Serious Insurance, 
Castle Hill Cider, and Forward Adelante. Thank you all for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. But until that time, as we close it out on the show, hasta mañana.